G'day legends, welcome to Flat Stick. Today we've got a special episode where we're interviewing Shannon from Camp Winnie um, with two of our favourite topics, motorbikes and Terminator 2. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Here it is dudes. Guys, welcome to the Flat Stick Podcast. We have a special guest today. We have a special guest. We've got Shannon from the Camp Winnie YouTube channel. How are you, Shannon? Mate, pumped. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on your show. Good. Now, it's a weird story how we met, Shannon. So weird. I, uh, you, there's a Terminator 2. <laughs> this sounds very Nick Kappa, by the way, because we are both obsessed with Terminator 2 yeah. and Terminator 1. Oh, yeah. Yes, and I reckon most of our fans are. Good men. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what uh, man in our age group isn't, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so oh, yeah. my, my friend tagged me, he said, look at this guy. And it said, it was a Terminator 2 collection. And, uh, it had the motorbike, it had the, the cop car, it had, I think it had a Terminator 2 figurine, like a big uh, yep. statue. Yep. And sure. I was like, wow. And then I looked and I was like, holy shit, this guy's in Sydney. And so <laughs> w- what we do is we have our YouTube show where we go around garages of like, I've got to get in this garage. I'm going to break into this guy's <laughs> garage if he doesn't let me in. So I sent you a personal message. I hope it didn't come across as creepy or whatever. And then you're like, man, I would love to show you around. However, I am out in the Simpson Desert. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's okay. You must be on holiday. You're like, no, no, no. I live in a caravan and currently I'm riding on a KLR 650 across the Simpson Desert with two Yamaha Tenere's. And I was like, oh, my God. Are we soulmates, Shannon? Listeners, what he said is absolutely true to word for word. That's exactly how I met you. I actually was, for real, in the Simpson Desert in a flooding tent because it was pissing <laughs> rain at the time and um, freezing cold. And that's when your message come through. And, you know, I had a few bourbon and Cokes and my mates were in their tents and it was miserable. But at that very second, the Titan submersible was missing. Yes. They hadn't found them yet. And I thought to myself, wow, there's five people out there in the middle of the ocean that would kill to be in my position in a leaky tent in The Simpsons. So I'm, I wasn't whinging. But <laughs> your message come through, obviously an avid Terminator fan. Um, and, mate, then I started listening to your podcast. And it, I just thought it was fantastic. Um, what was the title of it? Uh, Bikes, Beers and Bullshit. Yes. Now, yes. it's dry July, guys, but let's talk about all three. <laughs> also, I was going to say, you, you had me with bourbon this. and coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. This, this, you might be Brett's soulmate here. You're drinking yeah. a bourbon and coke until he's new. I ne- never thought I'd meet another Cretan <laughs> that would put this poison into their veins. But, uh, yes, yes. Mate, I love the two of you. I was in Newcastle episode. recently. So I was in New South Wales recently, and, and the only way I know I'm in each state is by having their flagship beer. New South Wales, Tui's, Queensland, Forex, WA, the Bush Took. That's what you got to do. Oh, West End in Adelaide. Oh. You can't remember West End, you know? Yeah. Um, Emu. Oh, mate. So, look, first of all, before we go into yeah. your fucking life, which will probably go over a three-episode... Uh, <laughs> But uh, w- w- let's let's talk about the Terminator Two collection. So, what do you have in your garage? Okay. Um. Okay. The first thing I built was the 
the Schwarzenegger statue. I, I sorry, no, I beg your pardon. I cut it right back. The first thing I bought was the Harley Davidson Fat Boy. Oh yeah, nice. Um, I've spoken to Peter Kent, which was Arnold Schwarzenegger's stuntman on twelve different films. I've spoken to him a number of times because um, I. It's not. Look, I'm not a Harley Davidson lover per se. I just love anything on two wheels, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I love this. I love action movies, but with T2 being my favourite. So I hunted around for this, the Evolution model, Fat Boy. Yeah. I'd had one years ago, but we sold it. That's a long story. But found this one uh, in 2014. Hadn't been touched. It was all original. Like it rolled off the Pennsylvania Harley Davidson showroom floor. Um, went up and bought, went up to Queensland, bought it, rode it home. And that's the first thing I bought that was T2 related. I've even got the foot pegs on the front of the frame where Edward Furlong stuck his feet during some of the scenes. I've even copied that. So it's replicated to the <laughs> movie bike. And what was the true, ride true. like from Queensland back home? Was it pretty comfortable or she was a bit of a pig? <sighs> Made it piss down rain for the whole two days. I remember the, the time vividly. It took two days. Um, yeah. And when I got this beautiful chrome Harley Davidson, by the time I got it home to Sydney, the bike was grey. Oh, That's how man. much roadworks and rain I'd gotten through. Um, but roadworks and rain. You should be the third so. member of Flatstick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're always riding in the rain. Yeah, always in the always rain. Roadworks. Yeah, man. Um, always what? freaking raining. Now wh- this is such a cool thing. Uh, comedian Mike Goldstein pointed this out to me. I've seen, I reckon, Terminator Two a thousand times at least. More than you've probably yeah. seen it a lot more. But he pointed out to me. The stunt you can see the stunt man in the jump. Yes, when he jumps the Harley, you can see that. Arguably, Arnie has put on a lot of kilos <laughs> in that. In that, like, not a lot, but he is a is a lot bigger man when he jumps that jump. What did he did he did you ask him about that jump? And can you tell us everything? About it? Yeah, really. So, uh, long story short, James Cameron had a sequel in his head, and he approached. Uh, Peter Kenton said, oh, what the signature stunt in this movie is going to be jumping a motorcycle off the viaduct water canal in Los Angeles. Can we do it? And Peter Kent, being an avid motorcycle stunt man, said, yeah, we can do it. Like, he's thinking, a dirt bike, trail bike, what sort of bike are we talking? And James Cameron, with an expressionless look on his face, said, a Harley. Oh, my God. And Peter Jesus. Kent went, ha no, seriously, what's on a bike? And James Cameron went, a Harley. So they agreed they couldn't jump a 318 kilo fat boy off the canal safely. (laughs) So they uh, lowered it down on cables off a crane. But they still lowered him down at quite a bit of speed because they wanted the bike to still bottom out and look like it was had some inertia as it hit the ground. And he actually hurt his back, even though it was lowered on a a crane. And industrial light magic... Uh, uh, what they call erase the cables, so that's why you can't see cables. Now, in the original Terminator, anywhere because it was those days, it was 1990, they filmed it. They had rubber prosthetics around Peter Kent's face to make him look a bit like Arnie. Mm -hmm. Arnie's a hard face to copy, man. He's such a almost Nathandriel head, you know. Yeah. So, uh, look, it was pretty good for the day, but I noticed when they re-released Terminator 2 3D, they cleaned up all the movies, few faults they'd cleaned up, I noticed, and they actually put Schwarzenegger's face superimposed on Peter Kent's face. Oh, that's ah. awesome. So we might have to better. re-watch to, it again. Man, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. What, we'll Watch have an old to. copy? 
For research. Yeah, yeah watch an old copy and then the new copy, and they've put Arnie's face on there, which pissed Peter Ken off. He said, uh, stuntmen don't get acknowledged anyway. So, um, anyway, that's not a story. But yeah, uh, they, yeah, so James Cameron sent Peter Kent down to the Harley Davidson shop, picked up five Harleys, five copies. Whoa. Whoa. They slightly hotter one up, bit of carby work, bit of cam work, exhaust, yeah. not, nothing special for the canal scenes where they're trying to outrace the truck. Far and, out, man. Uh, he, he flipped it, crashed it, uh, hurt his back again. I sent him pictures of my Harley and he said, brings back memories. It's a beautiful bike. And that's how I ended up with the Harley anyway. I was just, is that belt driven? Obsession thing. Is that belt driven? -driven, Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was, um, I remember that generation of Harleys that they, they weren't too reliable, but that, that fat boy from that generation is absolutely beautiful. You know, have you thought, I suppose you're not going to change it to chain because you don't want to fuck with the authenticity, do you? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. um, that is like the seat looks like it hasn't hasn't been been sat on. You know, it's a wow, man. It's, it's and just a, for the it's a great example home, of a. Sorry, and just for the listeners yeah. at home, some people might be going, "Oh, why? Why couldn't they jump the Harley? Why could they jump a dirt bike? Suspension, <laughs> <laughs> suspension is the big issue there. You know, and also the weight of the bike. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely destroy yeah. you. Seth Enslow jumped oh, a Harley. He, 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 would have killed himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seth Enslow jumped a Harley, but it did not look like a Harley. No. It just had the engine in it. That and was also it. he lost the top of his scalp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, funny you guys mentioned motorcycle stunts. The Another really cool stunt in T2 was where the T1000 rides the cop bike up the staircase. Oh, yes. yes. At the, um, the uh, Cyberdyne building. Yep. Um. Wasn't Robert Patrick, obviously, and it wasn't a Kawasaki 1000 police bike. What they'd done is they got a Honda XL 500, XL 500, might have been an XL 250, and yeah. put panniers all over it. Ah. And then with whoop, 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 road bike sound effects, he's going up the staircase. Was, that, that motorbike's in a museum somewhere in America. The XL oh, 500, that's how they did that. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, that is prob- actually cool. I was trying to think how would they even get it in there, you know? Yeah, I forgot. Man, I'm going to have to watch it again. We'll have to watch it's it again. Year. It's been a year or two, I reckon, <laughs> since I watched it. I usually watch it yearly. I usually watch uh, Predator, Aliens, Terminator 2. Terminator yearly. 2 at Christmas every year. Yeah. I don't know why. That's my Christmas film. <laughs> they, they never date guys, hey? They, they, no. they never show their age, these movies. I think it was the perfect time. I, I mean, I could talk about this all day, Shannon. We'll, we'll maybe save another move, movie <laughs> podcast. But, you know, the 90s were the perfect. It was like Fast and the Furious met like high art orchestral soundtrack yeah. films. You yeah. know what I mean? There was still a bit of high art in there, but there was also a bit of action, yeah. which made it the, the best time for movies. Now you just have either art or action. You either have John Wick or fucking, I don't know, Gus Van Sant or something like that, you know what I mean? But they, they can manage to combine the both, you know? You know, Nick, they um, Hollywood's lost their magic, hey? I mean, you even cut it right back to the 80s. I just listened to your last podcast. You mentioned the Mad Max movies. Yeah. Um, look, Mad Max, the Dundee movies, uh, Lethal Weapons. I love First Blood and Rambo Part Two. Um, Die Hard, the Terminator movies. You're talking about Masterpiece magic movie making they they just don't seem to be able to get there anymore i don't know i think Mm. i think they've lost their puff yeah Yeah. and i think also i don't know whether i mean like 
the Terminator 2 is a big Hollywood production. But if you look at like Rambo 1, people think Rambo is this crazy story about a guy just messing people up in the forest. You look at Rambo 1, it's actually a guy <laughs> who's come back from war, suffering post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah. It's, there's a lot more There's the a story. lot more going on, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people are just yeah. like, oh, it's all stunts and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you look, watch ter- uh, sorry, Rambo 1. It's actually an incredible film. Man, I think, I, I don't know. It this is. is a th- it's very good. This, this is a theory of mine that they used cocaine what it's meant for. You know what I mean? <laughs> like now we use cocaine like rec- recreationally. We're like, oh, I need to talk. I need to get away from my phone. I'll do some coke. But they were like, all right, I got this idea for a fucking movie. There's two robots go back in time, you know? And it's always like <laughs> Funny 10, you say 10 that. layers of stuff. And then we're going to fly a helicopter under a bridge. And then there's going to be a jump with a Harley Davidson. That's just pure cocaine <coughs> talking, you know? Oh, um, I ran into a guy in Cuba, because we're, as you said at the start of your podcast, we're touring Australia in a motorhome at the moment. We'd done Mad Max 2. We'd done Cooper Petey for Mad Max 3. I bumped into a guy that was an extra on Mad Max 3 beyond Thunderdome out at Cooper Petey back in 85. He said there was cocaine rampant on the set. Angry Anderson was even getting pissed off. He goes, look, boys, and even George Miller and Angry Anderson said, do what you've got to do, guys, but if the cops turn up here and they get this set shut down, you're on your own. I don't want to know you. It was yeah, right. freaking rampant. I was going to say, I joined the film industry in the uh, early 2000s and it was rampant then. Oh, really? <laughs> so I can only right. imagine what it was like in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so just quickly, just quickly, Shannon, um, what hmm. other t- T2 things did you go – because you, you said you got the Harley, then you built a Arnie statue? I built the Arnie statue out of boredom during the first COVID lockdown. It took me six months. <laughs> Um, so that was him. Like, I went obsessive on that because you were stuck at home. The government said, do not leave your house and don't speak to your neighbours, right? So what do you do? You build Arnie statues, right? That's the so only logical thing you can two. do. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I got all these dimensions of what he was in 1990, his arms, his legs, his height, you know, all that. Um, all the, the jacket had to be authentic, all the costume pieces, like even down to the belt buckle, the jacket buckle, the bullet holes, the flesh wounds. Um I went out, all out on that one. Hey, it's even got Arnie's glass eye. I had a glass eye. That's uh, a retina scan done, a copy of his eye. He's They're like blue-green. They're a funny colour. And real hair, and it just got out of control, and all of a sudden I had an Arnie statue. Is, is that why you're currently smoking. living in a motorhome? Because you spent all your money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, this, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, The wife said, Arnie statues or me? Which one is it? <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my motorhome, guys, living on the road. You made a wise and decision. And then the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which car? So the car, the um, the black and white police car. Yep. So um, I'd always restored motor. Uh, I'd always restored um, classic cars all my life. You know, XB coupes, XY Falcons, and oh my god. And, He's talking Broncos and vin- oh, wow. vintage caravans and um, mm. motorhomes, m- vintage motorcycles. I've always got my hand in something. So, but I thought I'm sick of the the GT Falcon cr- crowd and all that. They've been done to death. Yeah. I thought I'm a movie fanatic. Why don't I do a movie car? Haven't done one of those before. Now you can't get near an XB Interceptor these days. You're in them for 150 grand, mm, mm. and you can forget Ecto One. And I thought, what hasn't been done? Oh, I know. 
the Chevy Caprice LAPD police car that the T-1000 steals at the movie's opening. So, again, it's a beautiful I lost car my mind well. and just... <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, mate, I've never had such a car that drew us so much attention when I've got it out. Oh, wow. So I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to copy everything right down to the license plates that that car had. So I did, and I took four years building it to where it is oh, today. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. There's, a, there's a fan page, which I'm sure you probably made anyway, um, but it's got every single – because I'm a big car nerd and I just I love just looking at different car shapes and models and stuff like that, but it's got every single car that appeared in Terminator 2 and there's like – there must be 200, but even if one's only just been caught in a frame for like yeah. – in the deep background, it tells oh, yeah. you the model of the car. Yeah, <laughs> I, was just yeah, a, yeah. I was on a deep dive about two weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that in the oh, background." Man. Firebird, nice. You yeah, know. yeah. I, rec- uh, I think that's Internet Movie Car Database, possibly. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'll put the link up on our Flatstick page for all the dorks who want to check it out. And the yeah. question is, but oh, have you, did you get did, did you get the little XR one hundred? <laughs> Oh, yeah. With 15 gears, it sounds like a two-stroke. Yeah. No, I can't yeah. find that. <laughs> Interesting about that. And you, I know, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Edward Furlong was gifted that motorbike from James Cameron after the film wrapped. He gave it to him. And Edward Furlong had it for years and years and years and only just sold it only several years back, um, which is a shame. Must be in someone's private collection. Look, it's only an XR100, but you can pick yeah. them up cheap. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a bunch the other day on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, oh, that, God. Even that's the one you've got to get, the OG one from, <laughs> yeah. the, from the set. You know what I mean? Oh, man, yeah. Because like, no one would give a shit yeah. if you did a replica of it. It's like, uh, yeah. I'm just, surprised yeah. Edward Furlong didn't um, didn't give it away because he got, he got hooked on, like, heroin and shit for ages. He, yeah, everything. Uh, I had a friend yeah. who went to Hollywood, and he was trying to make it in Hollywood, and he, he got a job as a pizza deliverer. And all he did was deliver pizzas to Edward Furlong. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's a cool story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. He said, yeah. And he said, you just watched him just get fat as shit. He's like, oh. I would have been like, you know, well, not that you want to shame. kick someone when they're down, yeah. but you'd have been like, man, I'll give you two grand for that bike. Yeah, yeah. Far out. Yeah. Mate, it's a- absolute shame. Um, look, I've I've actually emailed Robert Patrick uh, with all the details on my car. He owns a Harley Davidson dealership now in LA somewhere, I think. What? As well as Robert- that thing. Yeah, he owns he owns a he bought a Harley Davidson deal. You know, long story short, he used to lay in his apartment bed, staring at the ceiling late at night, hearing the drones of Harley Davidsons out in the street. He was poor. He was a poor actor just trying to make it in Hollywood, and he, and he said to himself, if I make it big, I'm going to buy myself a Harley Davidson. Anyway, he bought a dealership several years ago. <laughs> and I thought... So he's done all right. I would not... He's done well. I emailed him, and I thought, if I get an email back, and he's interested in this car, I would sell Robert Patrick that car for, yeah. his, for his Harley Davidson dealership so I could just sit in the foyer. But I never heard back from him, unfortunately. Oh, oh man, because he- man, you sound exactly like me. I'm like, I have two rums, and then I just start emailing people who I think are cool. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Brett, that's me. And they sometimes get back to you. It's fucking wild. Well, look at Nick. I was in the middle of The Simpson. I, I, it's like I was hoping he believed me that I was in The Simpson Desert. Yeah, love it. Oh man, now okay, so yeah, we've you've got all that stuff. We're, we're Terminator Two collection. 
We'll probably get you on for another episode. We've to, got to, it. We've got. Yeah. You've got to. When you get back to base, we, we will go out of our way to fly to you to come hang out for a day. But but while it is Just fresh in your in your memory, tell us because you are yeah you Camp Winnie YouTube. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, and but you are releasing two videos of you and two mates crossing the Simpson Desert. Awesome. Tell us about it. Tell what's how long's this been planned for? What's what's where did you start? Where did you finish? So we're on a camping trip last year, and we're just around the campfire, and just as you boys and I are doing over the beers, said, "Hey, mate, why don't we do something really cool and cross the Simpson Desert?" And um, that's where it was seeded uh, that night. So it was a year in the making. How we do it? What bikes will we take? What equipment will we need? Who's first aid trained? Are we confident in riding through that sort of terrain? Uh, we're, we're pretty decent riders. I'm not. I'm no. I'm no um, stunt rider. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it was yeah a year in the making in the planning. Unfortunately, all the floods from Queensland that we've been yeah. have been flooded up there since January have made its way down into the freaking Simpson Desert and it's flooded uh, Air Creek. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I won't spoil it because, I don't know, this podcast might come out before the movies do, but um, it yeah. was the hardest riding I have ever done in my entire life. Really? Most challenging. Look, yeah, it, it was it was brutal. It's hot. It's um, it, You're camping in tents. Now, for a weekend, that's fine. But when it's 10 days and you're, setting, you're rolling out and setting up a wet tent with a damp sleeping bag and you know it's hitting three degrees tonight, she ain't fun. Wow, no, I was but gonna you do say it because the riding's good. Nah. The deserts are the worst conditions because they're bloody boiling hot during the day. They're freezing cold at night, and if you can't get your gear dry, you're just pretty much sleeping in an air conditioning duct. You know what I mean? It's so fucking cold. It, it's a punish. It's a punish. Actually, you guys are from Melbourne, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah. Different towns. We, 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 we live in Melbourne now. Yeah. We we met this random guy filling up fuel at this middle of nowhere roadhouse servo and he's from Melbourne he's ridden up on this DR650 uh, he's, he's a concreter by trade he had his steel cap concreter work shoes on a pair of tracky dacks a hoodie he had he had he had no proper riding gear sounds um, like a DR650 rider to me <laughs> sounds like me yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah he he had uh, one of those Acerbis uh, tanks the real big ginormous tanks that dwarf the yeah. bike so he had he had more, he had more gasoline than the Exxon Valdez on this on this freaking bike. And I said, "Oh, mate, you're on your own." Yeah, I don't know truly what his story was, but a great guy up from Melbourne. He's going on a pilgrimage around, left his wife and kids, and he's concreting business with his sons down Melbourne on this quest to maybe find himself. I'll leave it there. I think that's what he was yeah. doing. He was on his own, and I said, "Mate, do you want to tag along with us? We're halfway through our ride. We're on the way to Birdsville." We'll see if we can make it across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tagged along with us for um, oh, quite a few nights. And then we, we parted ways in Birdsville. He's already in Cape York on this DR650 already. And this is only a few weeks back. He Far rode out. like a demon. He was a really <laughs> skillful rider. And what, he's just had track pants and what, where did he, did he, did he always had sleeping gear and all that kind of stuff or? Yeah, he had that. He had sleeping gear. Yeah. Um. Had minimum tools. Didn't have any food. He was just on the booze on the on the on, on the pub meals. He was such a character. His name is Phil. You see him in part one of the videos, and then, and yeah. then we part ways for, for 
for, for part two. But he's still out there, man, and he's just wandering the wastelands, pardon the Mad Max uh, reference. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, without giving away too much from the series, what is the riding like there? Is it all sandy? Is, it, is there many – is there hills? What is it? Is it heaps of water crossings? What did you – what did you kind of – what made it so oh, good? Nick, it was everything. No yeah. bullshit. Every kilometre, it's changing. It changes colours. It changes terrain. It'll be loose sand, then it's mud, then it's compacted dirt. Then you're, then you're riding through a creek bed and it's full of shale and stones and rocks and you're, you're, barely, you're barely vertical. Um, and I told the boys, ah, guys, I've ridden since I was 13. Mm. I've actually never ridden through sand before. And they're like, what? I went, yeah, I've never ridden through sand before. Oh, you're going to be all right with this? Oh, Desert. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a fair bit of sand there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will tell them now, on a 200-kilo adventure bike packed up with camping gear, never ridden sand before, I, I, I had concerns that I'd ever make it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably really have did. a lot of crashes as well because I'll put my hand up, I suck in the sand as well, and it freaks me the fuck out, and that's where I have nearly yeah. all my crashes. Mate, it's it's like you're riding through a bowl of jelly or wet concrete. It's hard. Yeah, yeah and you can't you can't tell the bike where to go. You've just got to hold the accelerator and hopefully you're in, going in the right way. That's exactly the analogy. Hold the throttle and hope. It's yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah, I, we 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 interviewed um, one of the guys uh, who just won the Fink Desert Race, uh, David Walsh, who's obviously one of the best in the game at that. And he he's, his his yeah. tip is for us, and and he said. Just hold it down as hard as you can and just get the weight off the front wheel. And, I mean, obviously he's very skilled, but he's like, and just hope for the best. But, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, man, wow. I, he goes, you got to be over 100 k's in sand, otherwise you're fucked. And I was like, man, I'd be like, I'm riding around in 30, 40 k's yeah. and I'm shitting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, those Finks Desert Racer guys, they, they lose a guy once a year. Well, they, they oh, used to. Yeah. I don't know how safe it is now. They're doing 160 k's an hour through the sand. Yeah, it's scary stuff, scary stuff. Well, that's wild as hell, Matt. Yeah. yeah, well, we can't wait to see the rest of the series. You sent us a couple of YouTube uh, previews, and uh, it looked sensational. It looked amazing. Thanks, mate. What, ten, ten days, though, that's a long time to camp. How, how was it feeling sleeping back in your bed after that? Were you, like, relieved? But also kind of – because sometimes when I ride for four or five days, I'm like, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started now. I can't wait to. I want to go yeah. forever, you know? Well, it's, it was the whole thing. It was, you don't shower, or occasionally you shower because you've got preserved water. You're living out of dehydrated meal packets. You're sleeping on the ground. You're wet and damp all the time. And you're sleeping in the same gear you've been sweating your ass off in that day. Uh, you only got three pairs of socks to your name because you can't carry anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you go to bed smelling a campfire. Um, look, I can see why you'd go a bit feral there if it was any more than more than a couple of weeks. Um, the dudes were really, really good. They're really experienced riders. They were on the Yamaha T7s, uh, one Yamaha T700, one Yamaha T660. Pretty skillful riders. Done sand riding before. I hadn't. Um but yeah, it's rough, mate. It is rough while camping. And look, not to put a finer point on it, it's a it's man's country out there. It, it really is, yeah. in every sense of the word. Yeah, 
And what was that sense of relief like when you got through it? Because sometimes Nick puts me into some hairy situations because he's a better rider. And I, at the start of it, or halfway through it, I'm like, I can't fucking do this. And then when you get back and you've done it, it's like the best feeling in the world, you know? What was that like coming back home and, and conquering it? I was on a high... Um, there's a big, big, big-ass sand dune in the Simpson called Big Red. And the Simpson Desert's the largest sand dune, dune desert in the world. Wow. And uh, so we got to this Big Red, and I thought, there's no fucking way I'm going to ride this KLR 6. Look, I'm not mocking a KLR 650. They're a pretty decent all-round general purpose bike. They're attracted, right? they though. D606 tyres on it. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So I looked at this thing. I thought, "There's no no way I'm taking this up there. Not not now. Not 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 to, I don't want to break my leg because we're far from help. I'm still got another nine months on the road with my family in this motorhome, and I'm no good to my family with a busted leg or a busted shoulder. No, forget it. But then I thought, "Fuck it. What are we here for? What have we come all the way out here for? Yeah, yeah. So I just dropped the clutch and and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Broke my arm and leg. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, um, but the the ride home, we left the Flinders Rangers and it just pissed down rain the whole day riding home back to Broken Hill where my family were parked up for 10 days while I was doing this adventure. Yeah. Ended up with hypothermia, hey? Oh, never had God. hypothermia before. About an hour out of Broken Hill, I was nearly home. It's four in the afternoon. The dudes are behind me. I thought, I'm not feeling right. I couldn't feel my hands, couldn't feel my arms. I was starting to feel sick. And I, I pulled up, got off the bike next to our, in the caravan park, next to our motorhome. I thought, oh, I don't feel well. So I threw down two beers and went and had a hot shower, the hottest my skin had taken. it. Nearly fainted. I'd lost all the feeling in my body and in my arms. Had to sit near sit down in the, in the shower on that the bench thing in a, yeah. in a shower of recess. And I thought, man, I'm going to pass out. I read later, if you're hypothermic, avoid alcohol, don't have hot showers. <laughs> so I fucked that up, didn't I? <laughs> you thought you'd test your body one more time to see what the extreme limit was. <laughs> That's right, mate. You know. <laughs> man, that is exactly Idiot. what we would do. That is exactly what I, 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 I actually nearly got hypothermic one night. And uh, when we were riding and I was picking up Nick's bike and the sun went down and it was like fucking minus two degrees. And I rode for an hour. And I was frozen and I went into the shower, had a hot shower with a bottle of Jamison and just, you know, one of those little seats that they wash old men in and just sat in there for an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. No better fe- I yeah. mean, I know you're not meant to, but there was no better feeling at the time. Oh, mate. Mate, I had that thing on as hot as my skin would take it. And when right. I started losing, I couldn't feel the cake of soap in my hands. I lost all the feeling in my hands. I thought, shit, I'm going to pass out here. Imagine Jeez. passing out on the on the floor of a caravan park shower. Mate. Oh man, <laughs> I've been there a few times. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Shannon, thank you so much. We don't have much time. We only got a couple of minutes left on the bloody Zoom thing. Um, but okay. uh, mate, this has been incredible. Thank you so much. Um, please, uh, when in your, in the next nine months, when you have some more adventures, c- keep us tuned, Matt. We'd love to check in on and see how you're going. If you've got any oh, motorbike sure. adventures. And we've got to catch up when you get back to Sydney or if you come to Melbourne, you've got a place here. It's You've got a place to park your van, no problem. Where can people find you? Where can Good they follow you? Where can they see all this cool stuff you're up to? Okay, so um, for the last few years, we've run a YouTube channel called Camp Winnie, Travelling Australia in a Motorhome. Uh, we, we publish at midday every Friday. 
about where we've been. Uh, so the Simpson Desert was just one part of it. We're going right around Australia. Uh, we're taking this old motorhome right up to Cape York, which I don't think many motorhomes get up there. So we'll see. Let's just see. <laughs> nice one, mate. Oh, that is so cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll check in, in with you and, um, yeah, make sure you let us know what you're up to. Thanks, guys. And, hey, I love your work. You got me addicted to these bloody podcasts of yours, eh? <laughs> hey, that makes someone. Mate, don't do a podcast. You'll fucking from – what, from what your life sounds like, you'll, you'll destroy us. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need any more competition, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd just be a reporter on here. It's all right, mate? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, we can – can... I love, love talking this shit. Thanks for having me on. No mate. worries, mate. Thanks again. Pleasure.